Oh, yeah, that just was like, big, yeah. Just like plane trains and automobiles. <laughs> and that's your Friday night rewind. No, we can do better <laughs> than that. All right, you take us there. You get us there, Drew. Go ahead. That's what I thought. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. If you would please look out your window to your left, you will see Corey shopping for some lovely shower curtain rings. But <laughs> as you please disembark, listen for the train choo-choo, as we take a trip down to our next Friday night rewind. <laughs> Hi, Drew. Hi, Corey. My name is Corey Severitz. What's your name? <laughs> I think my name's Drew Mukes. Wow. <laughs> and welcome to our show, our episode of Friday Night Rewind. We are your hosts, your companions, your pilots, your bus driver, your chauffeur. Is that the word? Mm, sure. We're going to be all of those things for you on this episode of Friday Night Rewind, where we watched... Planes, trains, and automobiles. Do you like that little entry? I didn't realize what you were doing about until halfway through, but then I was like, yes, it was clever. Oh, well, I won't be clever again. Got it. <laughs> Noted. Drew, you told me you had a little journey today. What was your journey? I went to, actually, to Indiana. Only barely. Ah! Only barely. Calm yourself. Actually, it was Louisville. <laughs> And then uh, we went over the lawn to Indiana uh, for a uh, photo shoot. Yes, I got back a little bit ago, but we went to one of our friend, Jess, who may be listening to this podcast at this point. I don't know. But... Hi, Jess. <laughs> and Dahabo as well. Hi, Dahabo. A common perfect reference. Dahabo, you fake. Just so you know, you fake. We already knew that, but it's fun. <laughs> That's the real test to see if she listens to this, because if she doesn't hit us up, I'm not fake. Don't say that on your cast. She's not listening. I told her that we, I told, I warned her because in the episode I'm editing right now, we would talk about her a lot. So I was mm-hmm. like, you are a star of the show. The Hubble, even, though you <laughs> even though you haven't appeared on the show yet. She'll need to appear. We have a lot of people that need to appear. We have Abby. We have Dahabo. We have my friend Chelsea. We've got lots of people that, like I said, need to appear at this point. My mother has appeared at this point. (laughs) Very true. My mother still doesn't watch. You mean listen? Listen. Same difference. She has not been. She's fake, too. She'll become a star of her own right, and then she'll come to one of our, like, she'll have fans, and she won't even know it. She'll end up verified on Instagram and won't even know it. She doesn't even have an Instagram. It's fine. The fans will make one for her. I'm dead. I also had a journey today, Drew. I drove back from Ohio to Indianapolis. I was visiting Abby for the night, and that was great. I I had a good time. That drive was a bit long, but it's fine. (laughs) I'm glad I went. It was worth it to do the drive to go see Abby. I was talking with Abby in Ohio, and I was like, Abby, you know what occurred to me? Abby's our sound engineer. So the three people involved in this podcast live in Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio. We're not, none of us are even in the same state. We are the tri-state area. (laughs) Oh my God. So if, we, okay, so with that logic, if one of us, if we're Phineas and Ferb, is mm. Abby Candace or Isabella? Yes, Abby <laughs> is Candace. You, she is the type. She would be Candace. 
<laughs> we'll wait till she listens to this and see if she's offended or complimented by that statement. So, what, what am I Phineas then? Yes. No, because you tend to talk more on yes. podcasts. So, you have to be firm. <laughs> that has to be the case. <laughs> My hair is red. <laughs> Your hair needs to be dyed green. I'll go, I'll go green for an episode. Wait, just wait. There will come a day where we'll, we'll cover something Phineas and Ferb in this at some point, I'm sure. Um, and I'll dot green for then and talk in a British accent that entire episode sparingly. Oh, please. Please, Drew. Please. No, not today. Today <laughs> is not the day. <laughs> Drew, I've told you this before. You're a British accent. Court, you Sexy. keep hyping it up. The more you hype it up, the less likely I'm going to do it because it's going to end up being trash. Hop on here and go cheerio. <laughs> First of all, it's cheers, mate. Cheers. Is what it is, not cheerio. And it was good, was it not? Tell us in the comments below. Drew's accent, good or no? No, it's going to be a no. <laughs> that should be one of the voting. And you have to put votes on Spotify. It needs yeah. to be Drew's accent, yay or nay. <laughs> <laughs> yay or nay. <laughs> I'll put one. Well, uh, no, it won't be Drew's accent. It'll be Drew versus Corey's accent, and we'll see who wins. Oh. No, they know that I can't do accents. That has been established ever since I've tried to do Stefan or who else have I tried to do? I've tried to do a lot of different shitty accents. Stefan's isn't an accent. You're just making your voice gravel. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on with our lives a little bit here. Oh, the spotlight's turned towards her, ladies and gentlemen, and now it's time to move on. You see how that happened? <laughs> <laughs> because I can't do accents. We know this. All I fine, know about British fine. people... Is those TikToks that you hear where, <laughs> where they're like, this is how Americans think British people rap. Have you heard those? <laughs> Not that one. I thought you were going to say the Tuesday thing. What Tuesday thing? Where it's, this is how British people are, I, forget, I don't know. If it's the spelling out of how and British people read what American people think British people sound like. Uh, it's Tuesday, isn't it? And then that type of stuff. Tuesday. Yeah, and it's schedule. spelled out. Yes, that stuff. No, I was talking about the... You've never seen those TikToks? No. You never understand my TikTok. My For You page has some interesting content. I'm saying I'm scared. But anyway, let's also go on a journey with our audience to the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. You're really trying this episode, aren't you? I really am. I was, I'm like, let's just full steam ahead, really dive into this, full embrace full throttle <laughs> not alliteration all right now <laughs> drew's not having it drew that's unfortunate are you a morning person then are you happier in the morning no i'm more of a i'm more creative and more giddy at night so i, I we'll see i'm i feel like but also in the mornings uh do a lot in the mornings now so i force myself into a morning person vibe so mm. really just don't catch me middle of the day Oh, that's unfortunate because that's what we're basically going to move to. I yeah, but that's like late morning. It's fun. Because if you're a morning person, you would be much more content to listen to me ramble on in the mornings when we film. But you forget, though, I've also spent the majority of my day buffering to hobble. So I'm a bit on the sassy side right now. <laughs> that, that is true. And honestly, we love a sassy Drew. We, we do. We're here for it. So we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay. That's all that matters. We have two listeners. So as long as I'm here for it, 
we're good we shall see but let's go on about this journey you're willing you're wanting to take our audience <clears throat> on yes so first of all the movie planes trains and automobiles let's just summarize it in one sentence because it really can be summarized in one sentence two men are trying to get home for thanksgiving day that's it that's the whole movie in one sentence that's all you need to know the entire movie is just for shits and giggles basically it's a comedy it is meant to be really just laughed at and it's really these two men meet by chance and it's their journey getting back to chicago from new york city and all of the pitfalls that they run into on their way back and they are trying to get back by multiple modes of transportation hence the title planes trains and automobiles wait okay so in the spirit Uh of your episode theming are we going to discuss the movie in terms of the the mode of transportation that they're using at the time of whatever incident happens like the plane section the train section and the automobile section oh we could but there's also sections where they're at the hotels right like yeah but you can be like and now we're transitioning into our trains era but and then go <laughs> I rescind my my proposal. I'll do I'll do a, a plane noise. I'll be like, here comes the train. <laughs> this is gonna be an unhinged episode. I hope so. Right so this movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, it was made in 1987. It is an hour and 45 minute runtime. It, it was given a 92% of Rotten Tomatoes and. It is one of the very few movies that is purely a Thanksgiving movie, which is why we picked it. Because for me, I grew up watching it. Like, I actually do watch this. I've not watched it in a couple of years, but I do watch it ever so often right around Thanksgiving time. And if you still have network television, it's not common nowadays for people to have network, but network television does still play this around Thanksgiving time. So for me, I'd never seen it. I never even heard of it. I had no idea what to expect. It was never my radar. My mom knew of it when I told her. It. And like mm-hmm. when she like walked through the room when I was watching it and she was, she saw Dell's face and she was like, I knew exactly what you were watching as soon as I saw his face. Yeah. So, but I personally had no experience with it whatsoever. Overall, That's funny. I did enjoy it though. I will go ahead and spoil that. My rating of it. I did enjoy it. I'm glad you liked it. I am glad you liked it. Did your mom like it? Did she remember if she liked it or not? I don't know that she'd ever seen it fully. I don't know. I don't know. She didn't say. She didn't share. But I get mm-hmm. the vibe that since she remembered it, that she'd watched it a couple of times before. So I'm sure she liked it probably. Okay. Our movie stars John Candy and Steve Martin. And for those of you who don't know who those people are, you'll just need to Google them. Because this is a 1987 movie. At least for Steve Martin, you probably will have seen him in a recent thing called Murders in the Building. Or Only Murders in the Building. Other than that, I don't know any of his more recent work. Steve Martin is getting a little bit older. Unfortunately, John Candy did die. He died pretty young. And I I have a couple things I could say about that. Because I did look into his death. And I looked into just his life in general. And his life is a little sad. Do you want to talk about that now, Drew? Or do you want to wait? No, you might as well go ahead now. Okay, so John Candy was actually born in Canada, and he died quite young. At 43 years old, he had a heart attack. He was working on a movie when he died. He was in Mexico filming a movie, 
And the night that he died, because I read several articles about it, allegedly he had taken some of the cast and was like, let's have a good time. I feel like I did some of my best acting today, period, on set. And then that night had a heart attack. He also had called his family for that night to say good night. And his daughter allegedly remembers that she brushed him off when he was calling her because she was busy at the time. She was trying to study and she was 14. So she regrets that because she feels like she was being really distant. But his son was younger, I think, and he was able to say bye, I love you, whatever to him. And John Candy had the sad life because he had a drug issue. John Candy is a bigger guy. He actually allegedly had an eating disorder issue. And I say allegedly because I feel like eating disorders are still not the most talked about thing. And on top of that, we can't ask John Candy himself, like what was going on for him and his symptoms. But people always talk about how he was into constantly the latest fad diet and constantly was trying to drop weight, would lose a little bit and then gain a whole bunch more which is why people always speculate he had an eating disorder, but that's not necessarily how an eating disorder works, you know? It just depends. And then he, his drug of choice was cocaine. So he already had an underlying heart history in his family of weak hearts. His dad had died 38 years before he died of a heart attack. He knew his heart wasn't the strongest, but yet he still did things like cocaine, and he was a big smoker, like a chain smoker, And then if it is true that he had issues with the way he ate, like that also is not good to your body. It's hard on your body to go back and forth like that constantly. So he was a sad behind the scenes story, if you will. But he's always remembered on set as one of the most fun going guys. He's always been remembered as a great coworker. People loved working with him and people love to do everything they can to honor him and that's why I don't know how much you know about him because you haven't seen a lot of older movies but a lot of people are constantly like oh John Candy was one of the best comedians of all time and then he died way too soon yeah and it actually reminds me of Matthew Perry too like as you were describing it it reminded me of him god Matthew Perry dying was so sad i saw that last night i was out like for drinks and trying to have a good time and then Abby's look Matthew Perry died and i almost damn near cried in the fucking bar I'm saying really upset about Matthew Perry dying, to be honest with you. Also, because in my opinion, it sounds like it could have been avoided because he drowned. So, yeah, I hate that even more. But yes, Matthew Perry also, he was sounding like for me, at least because he just released his book. He was just doing a whole bunch of other things and interviews lately. I feel like his career is about to kickstart again. And then he died. He'll also probably be remembered as a master of comedy because he also was very funny. That's so sad. I'm surprised you brought that up. You're making me sad, Drew. (laughs) Steve Martin also did an interview later where he talked about how he loved working with John Candy in this movie. And let's see if I can find that quote. Okay, so Steve Martin said, he was a very sweet guy, very sweet and complicated. He was always friendly, always outgoing, funny, nice, and polite. But I could tell he had a little broken heart inside, especially in planes, trains, and automobiles. I think it was his best work. That's what Steve Martin said. Oh, that's nice of him. And like I said, I read other articles where he talked about how much he enjoyed working with John Candy on this movie. Steve Martin, very much so alive, still doing comedy. Like I just said, he's in things like Only Murders in the Building, but he's also in a lot of other things. You might know him from something like Father of the Bride. 
You might know him from the Three Amigos movie. Pink Panther. Pink Panther. Steve Martin. Let's see if I can find his most famous movie. His most famous movie is apparently, according to Google, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I would not have put that as his most famous movie. He's also in, oh, I forgot he was in Little Shop of Horrors. He's in The Jerk. He's in Roxanne. He's in the Muppet movie. He's in a lot of things. And then he is in TV and stuff now. I know that this has nothing to do with this in particular, but he's also very close with Martin Short, who's also in the Three Amigos movie with him and also in the Only Murders in the Building movie with him. They're like besties and they have always loved working together as well. But again, that has nothing to do with this movie because Martin Short's not in this movie. But (laughs) I digress. Today, we are using our favorite source, Wikipedia, <laughs> for our to help us assist in our plot line of this movie, okay? If only Wikipedia could sponsor us. Sponsored by Wikipedia. Wikipedia needs sponsoring. We need to sponsor them because they're always asking for money when you open a <laughs> Wikipedia page. Would you donate today? No, Wikipedia. I will not be donating. Rude. But go on. <laughs> okay, so our main character... I mean, I really don't want to call him a main character. I feel like they're both main characters, but if you had to define a main character, I would say it was Steve Martin. Do you agree? Yeah, because it's more the conflict of the show is more getting him home so he can be with his family for Thanksgiving, technically. Yes, yes, yes. So his name in the movie is Neil Page, okay? And he works for an advertising business. He's an executive, and he's currently in New York City. And he's planning to return to Chicago where his family is staying. So what I'm assuming about his life is that his family lives in Chicago. And that he just travels back and forth between Chicago and New York every week or so. And then in particular, he's supposed to be going home two days early for Thanksgiving. For those who don't know, Thanksgiving is always on a Thursday. So this means he's trying to leave on Tuesday. Trying to get home on Tuesday night. So he makes a comment in the beginning of the movie while they're sitting there watching his boss try to decide which cover that he likes better for their advertising of this magazine. He's making a comment like, I need to go. I need to get on a flight. And he's attempting to get on a 6 p.m. flight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's either 6 or 9, but I think it's 6. It's 6 because his coworker slash friend is like, why are you trying to bust your ass to get to the 6 p.m. flight? I'm going to get on the 8 p.m. flight. You're never going to get there in time. You should just get on the 8 p.m. flight. And he's, oh, I promised the wife I would be home for dinner tonight. He runs out the door. He realizes he forgot his gloves. That's important. Later on. (laughs) But he's like, whatever, it's fine. I'm not going to need them. He goes outside and he goes to hail a cab and he's having trouble getting one. There's this whole scene where he's trying to find a cab. And he looks over and sees an actor. He's unnamed in the movie, but the guy's name is Kevin Bacon. Do you know who Kevin Bacon is, Drew? You know somebody from The Office? No. No. I (laughs) clearly have no idea who Kevin Bacon is. (laughs) Okay, I hope other people know who Kevin Bacon is. There's a saying that you're never more than seven degrees away from Kevin Bacon because everybody knows Kevin Bacon. I, I don't know who he is, but I know of this. Okay, so you know how when he's chased, he's racing with the guy for the cab. Yeah. That guy, that's mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon. So if you Google Kevin Bacon right now and you look at his picture, he should look like that guy. 
why are you saying it like that does he not i i mean he is that guy that is kevin bacon but if you google him now he's a bit older so he probably won't look exactly like he did in 1987 but yes i did google him i am familiar with him okay it's a thing that comes up later that i didn't know until i started googling some things about the movie but kevin bacon is actually technically in this movie twice technically and i will address that when we get to it actually side point but i noted when i was just so my style of note-taking when i'm watching stuff for this is i just note down my reactions you do the Mm. summarizing of important bits and i just write down my comments as i go and then i was as we saw this guy i wrote down i bet we see taxi man again because i didn't know what he was but not and not dell not that taxi man but this yes wrote it down yes. i was like i bet we i have a feeling he's gonna pop up again and i didn't pick him up again to be honest so interesting that he does no. come back you would never you don't see him i'll explain it when we get to him okay continue <laughs> yes i that's a fair assessment though when you first watch this movie you would think that's taxi man initially that's swindling him out of the taxi that's i'll give you 50 bucks for it he's like, surely anybody willing to spend 50 would spend 100 and then in the background john candy is stealing the cab <laughs> unfortunately he loses his cat luckily neil does get to the airport in time somehow and then gets on his plane okay right before he gets on the plane he meets the guy who stole his cab and he's don't i know you from somewhere and he's no i don't think so and he goes wait a minute you were the guy that was trying to take my cab and neil's like you took my cab what the hell are you talking about so we get right here immediately that Neil is an angry person and that Dell is an oblivious, goofy person, right? But he's never stolen anything in his life. That's what he said. <laughs> he's basically, can I make it up to you? Can I buy you something? You want a beer? You want a hot dog? You want anything? And Neil's like, no, just, just leave me alone. I don't really care to ever interact with you again. So they leave it at that. They go to get on the plane. Neil is arguing with the stewardess. Is that what they're called? Flight attendant, stewardess, is that the same thing? I think so, but you're asking the wrong person. He's arguing with the flight attendant, because we'll call her that, because I don't know if stewardess is the right word. But he's, I bought a ticket for first class. And she's, no, sir, there's nothing I can do. Your ticket is not for first class. Your ticket is for business. And he's, no, I know what I bought. And he's, I want what I want now. And she's, sorry, there's nothing I can do. Meanwhile, another guy gets on the plane that she's buddy with. And he's, hey, can I sit here? And she's like, anywhere you want. And <laughs> Neil's pissed. So then she's, just please go take your seat that you're actually assigned to, even if it's correct or not. And he's fine, whatever. What else could possibly go wrong? Lo and behold, he is sitting next to Dell on the plane. Again, dun, as dun, if dun. we didn't see, as if we didn't see that, that happening. But go on. He is exasperated, but sits down. Dell starts trying to talk to him again because Dell's, like, hey, what is the coincidence of this? I really want to sit next to you. Let's talk and hang out. And he's like, dude, we ask you, I really just don't want to talk at all. And Dell's, oh, okay, don't worry about that. I won't talk. <laughs> and then continues to talk. <laughs> No, look, he's over. He plays the card of don't you hate people who just won't shut up and then yes, he and he continues. Yes, yes, yes. Now I want to stop here real quick. We are in our part of our journey where we're now in planes. Okay, so we'll ladies break it and up gentlemen, if you look, your ex, your emergency exits are on the left and right of the plane as we take on this journey. <laughs> That's great, Drew. That's absolutely great. So, in the movie. 
it goes, Adele takes off his shoes and is a couple of little minor things that happen. And then the plane has to be turned to a different direction. They can't actually land in Chicago. Is that what you remember? Yes. So I knew watching this scene that I remember something different, but I didn't question it. I was, maybe I'm just misremembering. Okay. No, I was not misremembering. This is when I found out this hour and 45 minute runtime movie was originally a three hour long movie. Three hours long. That got cut down and released at an hour and 45 minutes. And then only certain TV like channels released clips that are not in the current movie sometimes when running them. So the scene, I'm going to play you a scene that I remember happening on the airplane that you didn't watch because didn't happen in the movie. But certain TV channels, when they play it, will go ahead and play this scene with the movie. Does that make sense? Yes. Are you like, you look very confused. Are you dumbfounded? Are you okay with this? Are you upset about this? No, I'm fine with it. But how are you accessing it? YouTube? Yes, it's just on YouTube. It's just considered a deleted scene. But it is available sometimes. All right, listen up, everybody. If you all don't quit asking me for stuff, nobody's getting a thing. order a special meal mm. on this airline we go with a seafood salad on american i'll have their uh, kosher plate a little slice of salami some roast beef some turkey dark rye bread very nice now if i'm flying united i'll say i'm a youngster i can eat a kitty plate that's a hot dog bag of potato chips a gherkin a nice little bag of Oreo cookies. Mm. What do you think this is? Ooh. Well, about seven hours ago, that was lasagna. But with all the delays, I heat it, reheat it, reheat it again until, uh, well, it looks like that. I had a friend once. I worked in the kitchen here, you know, preparing the food. She lopped the top of her finger off, slicing carrots one night. She looked in the pot. She looked for it, looked for it, never could find it. She thinks it was served on the Singapore run. Wasn't that something? Do you believe that, that they would do that? Look. If you elect not to proceed with that, I'd gladly take it off your hands. Thanks. How about your bun? No. Uh, it's too hard. Sir? No. Sir? Excuse me. Would you like a bun? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, the flag's fun. No, no. <laughs> Would you like the bun? Yeah, what's that? I'm offering you a bun. Speak up. You want the bun? No, I just got started. He said, do you want the bun? Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> there you Thank go. You. How about another salad? No, 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 no. 
Take this salad. He doesn't want any. He's not hungry. Some salad dressing. I'd like the brownie. The brownie? No, sure. No, I'd, I'd like that. You want the brownie? He won't give you the brownie. He's got a sweet tooth. <laughs> Isn't he a nice fella? I guess you're not going to want your brownie now. No. Mine? Would you like half? Oh, would you? Certainly. There you go, the big side. For those who couldn't see why he didn't want the brownie, it's because the lady in front of him tosses her hair over the back of her seat. And it lands in the food. So he no longer wants to eat the brownie because her hair has touched his food now. But I remember I was watching it and I remember the airplane scene. I'm watching the airplane scene take place where Dell and him, like you said, that Dell's, oh, you wouldn't catch me running my mouth and then continues to run his mouth. And then I'm like waiting for something else and it doesn't happen. So I was like, mm, I must just be remembering this wrong. But I was in fact not. So in your discovery of this, did you... Like, at what point did you look up if there were deleted scenes? Or were you just sitting there for the longest thinking, like, I'm just remembering this movie incorrectly? Well, so the first thing that truly, we haven't gotten to this yet, but there's going to be another scene later where I was like, did I miss something? Like, did I walk away? I was doing laundry at the start of this when I was turned it on. So I was like, did I walk away from a scene? Because I felt like something was missing again, but nothing was missing there. And then later on in the movie, there's another scene where I was like, why did that, where did that come from? I think you might know what I'm talking about. And I was like, I don't remember anything else happening. I haven't walked away from the movie in the last hour. So I don't know what I could have missed. When the movie ended, I went to Google to just look up plane trains and automobiles, just learn facts about it and stuff. And I started seeing things about how the movie was three hours long originally and that they had to cut it down. And then another fun fact for you, majority of the movie was ad-libs. Did you know that? Steve Martin that. and John Candy were most of the movie were just shooting the shit, going back to each other, making comedy for a lot of scenes. And in particular, a lot of their car scenes later on, most of those were ad-lib. There is things in this movie that were in the script, but most of this was just them going back and forth with each other, ad-lib comedy. So when I started to find that out, I started to look further into things. And when I found out that there was deleted scenes that only air when you watch it on TV, I was like, oh. So I watched that one and I was like, ah, oh, yes, that one I remember. That one, I was not crazy. The other stuff, I couldn't find them. So it must just be the scenes they were cut and never released anywhere. They're part of that three hour long version. And there's a lot of backroom like chats, basically, that they're like trying to like, they're trying to get the three hour long one released because some people are die hard playing trades and automobiles fans right and they would love to watch the three hour long version honestly i'd watch it just to see it all the way through yeah. but i don't know i don't know if i'm like a die hard fan but i would like to see it <laughs> on the plane they find out that they have landed in wichita and they're like, why are we in Wichita? Apparently, there's a blizzard in Chicago that has prevented them from being able to land in Chicago. So Neil and Dell get off the plane. Neil calls his wife, who's all, oh, why are you in Wichita? I don't understand what happened. Why couldn't you get to 
Chicago. Which at this point, too, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm suspending all logical breaks in this just because it's a comedy movie. Obviously, there's going to be some mm-hmm. stuff that's jokes make made fun of. Mm-hmm. Why they can't get in Chicago? Why do they end up in Wichita? Okay, so if you continue to do research into this movie, there's a lot of plot holes, right? Yes. That is actually a big one for people that they would not have overshot that far, that they would have landed closer. So they would have landed in Indianapolis, maybe a Detroit, worst case scenario, maybe a Cincinnati, but they would not have overshot. So that is in itself an argument. And then the fact that they didn't know there was a blizzard before they took off. Yes, that can happen. But a lot of people are like, you're going to tell me that the airport didn't know there was going to be bad weather and let them take off. And I was like, that's a good argument. I can't argue with that. Anywho, Neil is calling his wife who is upset that he can't get home. And it's basically, I don't understand. Dell is apparently making phone calls to hotels because he understands they're not getting out of Wichita tonight. So Neil continues to go around trying to find a room, can't get in anywhere. And finds out that Dell has reserved one. So Dell is like, hey, just come with me to this hotel. I know the guy. I sold him shower curtain rings, which is we discover Dell is a shower curtain ring salesman, which in and of itself is goofy. No, as you are. I I bet that's a thriving profession. (laughs) But he's good at it. He is damn good at it because he's got all these connections just from selling shower curtain rings, which is honestly funny in and of itself. But okay, against Neil's better judgment, he goes ahead and takes Dell's offer to come back to the hotel with him, thinking he's going to be able to get his own room because Dell says, I know the owner really well. He owes me a favor. He'll give you a room. He is Dell and it's a cabbie who wants to take them all around town, apparently, basically. And it's like pointing out everything there is to see about this place, this area of Wichita. I will tell you, I have been to Wichita. I went this past April. And Wichita is actually not that great of a place. <laughs> I thought it was going to be nicer than it was. And I know that if anybody from Wichita ever hears this, I'm going to rest easy in the fact that they will agree that Wichita is actually not what it's you might think it is. Does that make sense? I can personally attest to the fact that I have no outstanding opinions on Wichita, Kansas <laughs> at all. So. With Wichita, it's just, I we got there and I guess I expected like a nicer, bigger city. And in fact, it's actually a little sketchy. Like all the way around, it's a little sketchy. It is a university town. So there is a college there. And it's very heavily populated by the students. I'll tell you that too. You're looking at me real funny. I'm just very interested to see the picture of Wichita that was built in your mind before experiencing it for yourself. I know it's hard to believe because I don't know what to expect when you think of Kansas. You don't know what to expect. But I had pictured a bigger city and a very built-up nice city. And I had pictured the Keeper of the Plains is also in Wichita. And I had pictured this big, beautiful, like, monument. And it's actually not that big. So I was very disappointed in Wichita. (laughs) 
that sounds like a you problem for putting <laughs> expectations on a Wichita. On Wichita. This guy from Wichita, this cabbie, is real proud of his town. So he's let me take y'all around Wichita. Neil tells his wife that he's going to end up staying the night with some random guy. And she's, are you crazy? And he's like, look, a room is a room. Like, get to the hotel. And the guy that was dealt a favor is like, look, I'll have to just charge you guys for a double occupancy for the room because that's all I got. And they're like, okay, that should be fine. They're thinking it's a two-bed room. It I is was, not. I knew it wasn't going to be, but there was nothing <laughs> to suggest. Like, if you're charging for a double, then yes. Yeah, yes. So he has to go into a room with Dell and share what looks like maybe even just a full size bed. It's not even a very big bed. Like it's, I think it's a full. I don't think yeah. it's a queen. Yeah. So there's a single bed in the room and they're going to share this room. I also wanted to point out real quick did you notice at the beginning of the check in, he was like, I just need a major credit card mm. and how he swiped the card. Yes, I was going to say the way that they did credit cards back in the olden days always fascinates me. <laughs> <laughs> the olden days. <laughs> yes, olden days being like 20 years ago, but it just fascinates me. Credit cards came out in, I believe, the 50s, but were not more popular until the 60s. But even in 1987, did you notice that Dell doesn't have a major credit card? Yes, I did notice that. And that they're paying for cash, paying for everything with cash. There was a TikTok that's a clip of a news story from the 90s saying things like if you have to charge a you have to charge a one dollar burger, you probably shouldn't be buying it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And nowadays in 2023, you charge everything. You never not charge. You only have credit cards. Cash is not common in American society in 2023. So they would do what they did was what you saw, they basically made a copy of it you know how you like when you write on paper that's double-sided that has like you write and it depresses into the other pieces and it catches the ink all the way through or the pencil all the way through that's what they were doing so they're making a copy of the credit card so that if they needed to charge it then they would use that copy to be able to charge it but they Mm -hmm. didn't swipe it or run it in that moment like we do today like today you can get an auto decline immediately you wouldn't have gotten an auto decline in 1987 immediately. So you could have walked in with a bad credit card and gotten at least a free night, probably. I just thought, wow, that's a blast from the past. I haven't seen a movie lately where credit card or cash is like a thing anymore. And it becomes a point of issue in this movie. And I was thinking about it, too. I was like, what if they ever remade this movie? They would have to remake it. Like, it would be pretty easy to remake it today. But there's a lot of things that would be different. There was no TSA in 1987 because 9-11 hadn't happened. Mm -hmm. So there would have been some probably TSA scenes where that held them up maybe. And then like for cash, they might have had a buck or two, but like that would be it. You know what I'm saying? So I just I actually did while watching this start to think about how what it would look like if they remade this today. But I do think it could be remade today. I don't think it would be impossible. The other thing that's different if they remade it today, cell phones. There's Mm -hmm. no cell phones in this. It's all landline phones. But anywho, I digress. <laughs> they take Neil's credit card because Dell, as it's pointed out right here and right now, does not have a major credit card. And that's important for later on in the movie. They are forced to share this little bed. And Neil, it jumps to Neil in the bathroom taking a nice shower. But the shower starts to give him a little trouble, right? Yes. And he gets out of the shower and finds all the towels are used. There is okay. nothing left. 
Okay, why did this man not assess before he got in the shower? First of all, you get your stuff lined up. He walks out of the shower and he sees like all the stuff's over the countertops. My dude would have yeah. seen this before he got in. It's not that big a bathroom. It's not like he missed it when he turned around. He would you assess before you shower in a in in a different environment. You assess your environment first. Mistake. Yes, yes, I will say. In theory, he would have known this beforehand, but we got the implication that he didn't because when he gets out of the shower and gets out of the bathroom and goes to talk to Dell about what just happened, Dell says something about how, oh, I had to clean up the mess with beer and stuff. No, so that happened implies- later, though. No, because when he, while Neil's in the shower is when Dell's putting or vibrating on the bed with the beer. Yes, yes. I got the implication. I understood that it was supposed to be because it happened while he was in the shower and Dell went in there and grabbed towels. That's what I got. But maybe oh, no, I was I wrong. Take that at all. I, well, I just assumed he would have locked the door given Neil's <laughs> like he would get he would have been like, give me my space, click. And then get in there. That's what I assumed. That's what I would probably do too. That's probably why. Yes. I if you were sharing a room with a strange man, yes, you would in theory lock the door. But also you're gonna share a bed with this strange man. And maybe you aren't going to lock the door. <laughs> that you was definitely would unrealistic... still lock the door. <laughs> that was the next unrealistic thing for me is sharing the bed. I was like, wouldn't one of them slept on the floor? I was say, if it's that such, if it's such a big deal, sleep on the floor. It's right. really that much of a problem. Take a pillow, but take a sheet, and sleep on the floor. I think maybe we're supposed to assume they were both too. Dell is very much, I have a bad back, and he's no yeah. problem cozying up to anybody. But Neil's too stubborn to just say, I'll take the floor. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes, and at right. that point, there was no benefit to him taking the room. He could have slept on the floor of the airport, which is what he was trying to avoid. So I feel like yeah. that's why we're supposed to assume. But anyways, that's we're true. getting a little ahead of ourselves here. So Neil gets out of the shower and discovers there's no towels or anything and uses a washcloth to dry off for half a second. <laughs> and Dell's stuff is all over the bathroom. And I believe it's here where he goes to dry his face. No, no, that's, the next that's morning. no. It's, yeah, it's in the next morning. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, he comes out of the shower, and he's yelling at me at Dell for using all the towels and everything. And that's where I remember the next thing being that Dell's. I'm sorry, the beer spilled on the bed because then Neil gets into the bed and it's complaining about how the bed is wet as well. But maybe I'm well, misremembering. He didn't. Well, at least it, well, the version I watched, you might be remembering an old scene. When he gets in, he's already in bed and they're like laying there and talking. And I don't know how it comes up. But he goes, it's not my fault that the or that the beer exploded. And he's like, what did you think would happen when you put it on a vibrating bed? But he's like laying in it. They're already in yes. bed. And he's just laying there. And he's just like laying. Yeah. That's why I'm laying in the beer puddle or whatever. Which also, again, why did you not just get out of the bed? <laughs> why continue to lay in it? <laughs> Or get on top of the covers and like sleep on top of the covers and get like a blanket from downstairs or something or go ask, go ask for some more sheets. sheets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I will say, even if you change the sheets, the mattress itself still would have been wet. So maybe that's why he didn't fool with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anywho. All right. Neil loses his temper. <laughs> why? What? If I don't clear my sinuses, I'll snore all night. Gee, if your kid spills his milk, what do you do? Slap him in the head? What? 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 What is that supposed to mean? You're not a very tolerant person. Look, you've been under my skin since New York, starting with ripping off my cab. God, you're a tight ass. 
How'd you like a mouthful of teeth? Oh, and hostile, too. Nice personality combination. Hostile and intolerant. That's borderline criminal. Screw you. You spill beer all over the bed. You smoke. You, you, you mess up the bathroom. Well, who let you stay in the room? I even let you pay for it so you wouldn't feel like an intruder, which you most certainly are. Oh, oh I'm an intruder. Yes, you're an intruder. I was having a perfectly nice trip until you walked into my life. I walked into your life. Who was that who talked my ear off on the plane? Who was that? I'm curious. Well, who told you to book a room? I did, out of the goodness of my dumb old heart. Boy, you're an ungrateful jackass. Well, go ahead. Sleep in the lobby. See if I care. I hope you wake up so stiff you can't even move. You're no saint. You got a free cab. You got a free room. And someone who'll listen to your boring stories. I mean, didn't you, didn't you notice on the plane when you started talking, eventually I started reading the vomit bag? Didn't that give you some sort of clue? Like, hey, maybe this guy's not enjoying it? You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are, that are funny or, or mildly amusing or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. They're not even amusing accidentally. Honey, I'd, li I'd like you to meet Del Griffith. He's got some amusing anecdotes for you. Oh, and here's a gun so you can blow your brains out. You'll thank me for it. <sighs> I, I, I could tolerate any, any insurance seminar. For days, I could sit there and listen to them go on and on with a big smile on my face. They'd say, how can you stand it? And I'd say, because I've been with Del Griffith. I can take anything. And you know what they'd say? They'd say, I know what you mean. The shower curtain ring guy. Whoa. It's, it's like going on a date with a chatty Kathy doll. I expect you to have a little string on your chest, you know, that I pull out and have to snap back. Except I wouldn't pull it out and snap it back. You would. And by the way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. Neil loses his temper over Dell's irritating behavior. And Neil goes hard on him. I'm talking like almost Mr. Tanner level of fuck you and your bullshit. And yes. is really being an absolute asshole. And Dell sits there and takes it. And the most critical thing about that clip to me is Dell is, you know what? I like me and my wife likes me. Take me or leave me. And I like that he says that, but I also, it's important that we remember that he said that because yeah. it's going to come up later. Neil feels bad, decides, whatever, I'm being an asshole. Let's just go to bed. They get in bed. They 
are sleeping. While they're asleep. Terrifying. A burglar comes into the room and takes all the cash out of their wallets, basically. Tell me why no one woke up. I think I, I would have woken up. Yeah, I mean, yes. Like, I can see Dell not waking up, but I believe Neil would have woken up. Yes, I agree. Also, while that happens, there's a tiny clip. There's a tiny clip, and this is what I was telling you about earlier, where it flashes to his wife. We see Neil asleep in bed, and then we see his house in Chicago, and his wife is in bed, and she's just sitting there watching TV. Do you know what she's watching? Okay, so nobody at the time would have necessarily recognized what she's watching because she's watching a movie called She's Having a Baby. She's Having a Baby was released in 1988. The movie Plane Trades and Automobiles was released in 1987. Right. Do you see what they did there? They gave a foreshadowing of a movie that the same director was working on in a movie that he just made. And... In the scene she's watching, the man's voice, Kevin Bacon. I see. So he's arguably in it twice. Arguably. So just a little Easter egg for you there. Dell and Neil get robbed and don't wake up for it for some reason. I feel like I would have woken up. I don't know. Perhaps not. And the thief only takes their money, which again, that works really well for 1987. If they remade it today, I don't know if that would have worked really well because I feel like the thief would have just grabbed their whole wallets. I was literally about to say, um, yeah, just grab, pick up the whole thing and leave. Well, waste the time to go through and pick out the cash. Right. But he seemed like a young burglar and he was mostly harmless. I don't think he would have done anything to them had they woken up. I think he just would have run out of the room. But yeah. the point is that they get robbed. And the next morning... This was one of the funniest scenes, I think, in the whole movie. Dell and Neil wake up. I guess Neil wakes up first. <laughs> because Dell and Neil are cuddling. They're spooning. And Dell starts kissing Neil's ear. And they're, like, enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, Neil's, hold on. Why are you kissing my ear? <laughs> and Dell goes, why are you holding my hand? As if that's better or worse. I think kissing is a lot more aggressive than the holding the hand. And I actually have it pulled up for once. So let's just hear this. Oh, 
This is the definition of two men in a hot tub, ten feet apart, because they're not gay. Teenagers <laughs> did it first. I just, it was very funny. Also, again, I want to point out Dell kissing and then his hand between two pillows with quotes on that was significantly worse than Steve Martin <laughs> holding his hand. That's none of my business. <laughs> so they do a little macho men shit, ask about the Bears game or whatever, because they're too afraid to be. 10 feet apart so not gay and (laughs) even though they just shared a bed together so now steve martin goes into the bathroom and this is where i thought he originally had done it at night but he does it this morning he he puts some water on his face and stuff and goes to grab a towel forgetting that there are no towels and wipes his face with dell's underwear (laughs) as dell yelled you might want to take my socks out of the sink before you brush your teeth yes and notices that he's been splashing his face with dell's dirty sock water at this point, we have to be on Steve Martin's side. Dell was a little hard to live with, but we like Dell. Dell has a great personality, right? It's just living with him would be would be hard. <laughs> so I also forgot to mention last night when the cashier or the clerk, whatever you want to call the guy, the owner, takes the credit card, he accidentally gives it back to Dell, I believe. Mm-hmm. So Dell currently has Neil's credit card. So the next morning. Dell and Neil are firing about going by air travel again, thinking that maybe, okay, now we can get out of Wichita. And all of the blizzard is still shut down the city of Chicago. All the flights out are still stopped, basically going to Chicago. So then they're like, I don't know how else we're going to get there. We may as well just stay here. And Neil was like, I cannot stay here. I promised my wife it is now Wednesday. I've got to get home. So he's like, hold on. I actually have a buddy at the train station that owes me a favor. Let's go to the trains and take a train. They go to the train depot. Is it called a depot? I think it's a depot. They go to the train depot, which, by the way, (laughs) why are you looking at me like that? I don't know what a train depot is. It's like a train station. Why don't you just call it a train station? (laughs) Because I'm pretty sure it's actually called a depot. But anyway, so they go to get onto a train but they find out that all of the quote people trains do not leave out of wichita which is some bullshit you're gonna tell me that i don't buy that but anyways it's only the non-people trains that leave out of wichita so they ride in the back of this janky ass pickup truck on the way to get to some random middle of nowhere town there's a funny scene with the wife being told to carry the bags and stuff and put them in the trunk for them and then there's a scene in the back of it where he's wishing he had his gloves because he's cold. And we've circled back to how he left his gloves in his New York City office. And there's a lot of other little funny things happen. They get to the train depot. Neil finally is okay. Wait. I have to note the dog scene because yes. I jumped at the dog scene. <laughs> it popped up. <laughs> I jumped. I really did. But go on. <laughs> That's funny. I did not jump. I knew it was going to happen. I should have jumped because he almost got bit and that should have been traumatizing for me. But <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so they go to the train depot and Neil finally thinks he's rid of Dell and actually buys his train ticket for him thinking like it's a goodbye gift. Thank you for letting me stay in the room with you last night. We're square now. I'm never going to have to see you again. And Dell and Neil, Neil is like, I just want to sleep. But Dell is oh well maybe we can meet up in the drink car whatever 
And Neil's, nah, dude, just leave it alone. <laughs> just leave me be. They get on the train and we're thinking we're good. Neil is thinking he's perfectly happy. He actually talks to the woman next to him a little bit who doesn't want to talk to him, mind you. He's becoming Dell, but he's all happy to be going somewhere. And we see they're getting along. And then all of a sudden, the train comes to a stop, but not at a depot or a station in the middle of nowhere because the train has unfortunately broken down. Next plot hole in the movie. They're told to walk a mile from where the train stops to the nearest town. There's no way in hell that they would have done that. There's no way in hell. The train the train company would have been so liable for anything yes. that could have happened. But, I said this know, horde of people movie. just hike up their bags and right, let's move on and just walk across yes. the field together. No. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wouldn't, well, it's, have, wouldn't have been me. Wouldn't have been me. Well, probably would have been me. But they also would have they would have sent a rescue train that would have pushed it. I don't know if you know mm. that, but like when trains break down, they go get another engine to push the other one. They hook it up and either pull it back or push it forward. But they get told this is good. This is broken down. We can't get you anywhere right now. Walk a mile that way and you'll get to the nearest town. Neil's what the fuck and he looks and across the field he sees Dell struggling with that big old suitcase thingy he has that has no wheels no nothing and he says you know what I'm gonna go help him and he helps him pick up the kid the suitcase and he and Dell walk a mile <laughs> walk a mile in these Louboutins <laughs> please tell me you get that reference I started to like the beginning Oh no, you don't get it? I don't uh it sounds familiar. Anyways, so they walk a mile in these Louboutins across the field and they wind up at the St. Louis airport at this point. No, just kidding. Just kidding. They wind up at outside of Jefferson City. So they're still not at St. Louis, they're Jefferson City, which I've also been there, fun fact. I've been to Jefferson City. That is a quaint little, not a lot to see, but it's the capital of Missouri. But I liked it. And they find a bus in Jefferson City or right outside Jefferson City, whatever it was supposed to be, that will take them to St. Louis. So they get on a bus and they are riding this bus into St. Louis. There's a scene on the bus. <laughs> There's a couple scenes on the bus. One of my favorites is that he's like, oh, Neil, do you know any good songs? And Neil starts singing some <laughs> random ass song. And then Dell is Flintstones. Yeah, the Flintstones. And the whole bus, the whole bus starts singing with Dell. <laughs> and I have no idea to this day what Neil was singing. I could Google it, but I really don't know. But I loved that they were like singing songs and everything, making it real campy. And then all of a sudden, Dell's like, Neil, what you got? And Neil's like, this. And everybody's, what is that? And he's like, okay, never mind. And then Dell's like, but so what do you, my other thing happened, the other thing that happens on the bus that I thought was funny was the couple that is right across the other seat oh, that are like yes. making out. And the implication is they actually have sex because at the end, there's a scene later where they're smoking cigarettes. So just so you know, I don't know if you caught that, Drew. You're a little naive. I got the implication. What do you think happens next, Drew? What, just what do you think happens next? The bus breaks down. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the bus breaks down. I don't think there's a, don't they, doesn't that get them to St. Louis? They go to St. Louis and they cross at the wrong. By the way, they go into St. Louis on the wrong side. They cross over the Mississippi, but they're supposed to be coming from Jefferson City, which is from the west side. So they 
they went the wrong way. But anyway, my geography knowledge is not up to par. I'll <laughs> tell you, but no, because they get into the train station, and then that's when Neil's like, "I think it's easier if we just travel just part solo. ways." Yes, okay. Actually, so then just cut my part where I said, "Guess what happens?" Then, oh no, we're please. gonna leave your fault. We're gonna leave your fault. No! Oh, okay. So they do get to St. Louis. You are correct. I really did think the bus broke down, but it didn't. Are you sure the bus doesn't break down? No, because then they when he gets back, I don't know. They I don't know how they get apart after the diner. I think Dell just up and leaves. But then Niels gets on the bus and he has to go get their rental car, and then he yeah, the he has the key, but the car's not there, and then all that happens. But Okay, as you've just said, they what he ends up doing for money to get some more cash because they found out that they had been robbed and that they have no money, they end up selling his shower curtain rings, but he pawns them off as things that they're not to get a lot of sales really quickly, basically. And yeah. at one point, even sells them to women as earrings. Then he and Neil go to a restaurant, and in the back of the restaurant, I don't know if you saw this, but at the very back, there's a scene where you're looking at, this is Neil, this is Dell, and you can see behind them, there's a woman wearing a shower curtain, rings his earrings in the back. I did. I did see that, yeah. <laughs> so most people miss that, but that's a cute little Easter egg. So this is in that restaurant. There, Neil is treating this as like a goodbye. And Dell is like, why do you want to say goodbye, basically? And they have a little tiff, a little lover's tiff, where he's, I think it's best if we just end it here. And then Neil goes to Dell is let me just pay and Neil's no don't worry about it and no fine just leave it whatever I'm putting the money on the table either take it or don't and then walks out yeah Neil we don't see what he does with the money but we're going to assume that he lets it pay for the food and then as you said goes to get a rental car and he gets dropped off from a bus in the middle of nowhere basically in this big old car rental place at the airport and goes to his spot number and finds that his car is not there. And he tries to flag the bus down, but unfortunately does not catch up to it. So then he has to walk a mile in these Louboutins back to the little airport rental section. Three miles. Three miles. Oh, I thought he walked a mile. Three miles. So he walks back to the point and he gets up to the desk. And the woman at the desk is on the phone with someone talking about her Thanksgiving plans. And she keeps telling him to hold on. And this is the most famous scene from this whole movie is right here. Because this is what made the movie R. I literally was right before this scene. I was like, there's got to be something crazy in this that makes it R. And literally two seconds (laughs) later, this scene happens. Yes. So this is the scene where Steve Martin says 19, says fuck 19 times within, I don't know, three minutes or something like that. Yes. Or two minutes. That is literally the only reason it was R. You cut that scene. This was PG 13. Yeah. So, anyways, this is a very famous scene. Oh, Jean Marie, you're a stitch. <laughs> no, mom's going to do the turkey. Yeah, dad wants ambrosia. So, I guess we got to get those miniature marshmallows. And I'll do the crescent rolls and you do the cranberries. You know, I can't cook. Yeah. Well, I'll see you tomorrow then. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> oh, bye-bye. <laughs> Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? Yes. How may I help you? You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. 
give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile at my fucking face. I want a fucking car right fucking now. May I see your rental agreement? I threw it away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? You're fucked. And in this scene, I did some research as well on this. The woman at the desk was told, the actress was told, hey, have a phone conversation about Thanksgiving. Make it about Thanksgiving. So she was told ahead of time to ad-lib her lines. And to make them about Thanksgiving. So she chose specifically to make it a Midwestern, you know what I'm saying? And then her only line that she had to say was her part at the where she's like, oh no. And he's what? She's, you're fucked. <laughs> that was, she had to say that. But other than that, she got to basically ad lib the whole entire thing, which is cool for her. And then Steve Martin had to deliver the lines perfectly. He was told he could have added something, but he was like, the way this is written, I don't want to change it. There's no way else to do this to make it have the same impact. Like it was going to be perfect the way it was. So he stuck to the script in this specific scene intentionally. So that was straight up the script from him, straight ad lib from her. It's cool, I thought. Also, okay, now that side set from the scene, when she's, do you have your rental agreement? And he says, sorry, let me get the gritted teeth. I threw it away. When he says that, <laughs> why on earth would he throw it away? Why on earth? And I get it though, because I don't think he literally threw it away. Maybe he did. We don't see this part. But remember how he starts having the fit in the parking lot and he just throws it? Yes. I was wondering, I wrote that down. I was like, why did he throw it away? And I said, like, did they show it? And I just missed it. Because I was like, it never, like, I feel like they should have made it a point of him like, like, ripping it up or something, but they didn't. So, one, my one note. Again, Remember that the original movie is three hours long and they yeah, cut it down to an hour. Yeah. There's so many things that like when you're watching this, you're like, did I miss something? No, that was another scene that was cut that didn't make it into the actual movie. So anytime you're sitting there questioning, am I missing something? It's likely yes, but it, it didn't make it into the full movie. So no, does that make sense? Mm, yeah. He basically goes outside to get a taxi, I think, to Chicago. And starts fighting with the guy who's in charge of reining the taxis in, right? That's his job is park here. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what to call that. I have all these other words that you don't know, like depot and you know what I'm saying, but I don't know. I don't know what to call that man's job because it wouldn't be a job today. But anyways, maybe it would be for Ubers. But anyway, at this point, Neil has gotten his or sorry, Dell has gotten his rental car because the man Dex Neil. And Dell almost runs him over and tires stop right before his head. And then Dell, being the kind-hearted soul he is, what's wrong with you? Help him up. And the man says, with pleasure, and grabs him by the nuts <laughs> and pulls him up. <laughs> and then we jump forward to Neil and Dell in the same car together. And the car rides back, yes. And I don't know if you noticed this, but for the first couple of lines in this scene where they're riding together, 
Neil's, Neil's voice, voice is, is higher. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then it stops being higher out of nowhere. But anyways, this is now the point where we're on automobiles. We didn't really necessarily say we're on trains right now, but it was obvious when we said that we're on a train. But right now we are in the automobile section. So we're in the third part of the movie. We are almost there. Okay. So we have left St. Louis and we are trying to get to Chicago. Drew, have you ever looked at a GPS to see how far St. Louis is from Chicago? You know, Corey, I don't think I have. <laughs> it's four hours and 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. They get in the car when it's daylight. Let's just even assume it's like 1 p.m. Okay. They still should have been there that night by dinner time. Even to fast so- forward a little bit, just a little bit, like, just pause in the morning when they're or not in the morning that when they're on the meat truck to actually get yes. them to chicago yes Nell says, he says he says two hours three hours you'll be at, uh, you'll be in chicago in three hours so you're to yes. tell us that this fiasco that's about to happen in this automobile takes them an hour i think not and that's another flaw in the movies somebody also said maybe it's implied that Dell drove the wrong way I thought that because he well he does drive the wrong way for a hot minute. We just don't know how long that is. Literally drives the wrong way. Yes, but <laughs> I just meant went the wrong oh, direction. Takes the wrong way. Yes, you said he did drive the wrong way. <laughs> yes, they the next set of things that happen is them driving on their way to Chicago, which is why I say this is a plot point or a plot hole because it's supposed to have taken them. Four hours and 17 minutes from St. Louis to Chicago. That is if you leave right now at 9.39 at night on a Sunday. We could even account for traffic and say that it would have taken them six or seven hours. But still, they should have gotten there that night. But anyway, they argue in the car. There's a couple funny scenes and stuff. But nightfall comes. And Dell nearly gets them killed by driving the wrong direction on the interstate. So what happens is Dell is smoking. He's having a good time. He's singing to the radio. And he tosses his cigarette butt into the back seat on accident. It is wait, an accident. Wait. Back up just a little bit. You missed an important plot point here. Oh, what's that? When when Neil gets comfortable in the oh. car and he puts his wallet in the glove box. In the... I did forget that. Why? Because uh, I only know this because yes. I noted it down. Given the luck you've had so far, why on earth? Take your wallet out and put it in the glove compartment. I also wondering why he took his wallet out of his pocket. Period. I, I he was getting comfortable. It's in his pocket. It can if he's leaning, trying to go to sleep. It could be like up against his side uncomfortably. But again, given the luck they've had and how they've had to watch with their how much they've needed everything in his wallet, mm. why on earth take it off your person for a split second? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also, you remember how I said earlier, Dell had Neil's credit card. It's at this point that he actually has put it back. And then now that credit card is in the glove box, his wallet is in the glove box with all of his credit cards, license, etc., which is their main source of cash at this point because they have no cash. They were robbed. They spent the last of Dell's cash on his his food. And Dell has used Neil's credit card for the automobile that they're driving in which we don't know that until later, and then has slipped the credit card back into his wallet. Neil's got his wallet in the glove box, and then 
Dell is driving, smoking a cigarette, accidentally throws it into the back seat, and he is jamming along. He reaches down. Is he trying to grab something or is he trying to adjust? Well, he's you trying what to he was take trying to do off, first. Because after it's oh, he's, he's hot. Yeah. Yes. He, since the fire's going in the back, um, it's hot. So he's got to take his jacket off. He's going to take his parka off. His hand gets stuck because there's like these strappy kind of things around the wrist to hold them tight to your wrist so there's no airflow through. And he reaches down to take it off and it gets caught on the seatbelt. And for me personally, I would have at least still been able to pull my arm through, but that's me. I'm not Dell. <laughs> so he's caught with one hand and he's all fuck and he's driving with one hand. So what does this dumbass do? I'm going to try and take it off on the other side then and gets the other arm caught, right? <laughs> and is now driving with his knees and he's trying to get both his arms free. Almost wrecks, gets them off the interstate successfully rips his hands off like he rips the parka basically to get his hands free and stops real suddenly and he's shaken he's very <laughs> oh my god we almost died and at this point neil sits up and is you okay and he's oh yeah we almost had a deer <laughs> which is not true and neil's okay <laughs> and just chills <laughs> and at this point dell is not paying attention and gets on the interstate quite literally the wrong way he's driving in the opposite direction he's supposed to drive on the interstate so he almost gets them killed again. Somebody tries to warn them while they're doing that, blah, 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 but they don't really realize it until it's almost too late. They drive literally in between two semis, perfectly fits between these two semis. You know how lucky they got? That was me <laughs> with my side mirror. <laughs> when I, was I was thinking about that. <laughs> I was I, trying to get I literally, No, I literally wrote down, so core, are your mechanic skills up to the task to fix that car? <laughs> because <laughs> i tried i was so close to those orange barrels and a semi that is literally i know the feeling <laughs> that they felt in that moment especially because i did rip off my side mirror but anyways so they their car <laughs> the entire body of the car is shredded the side mirrors are gone the window is cracked i think at one in one spot or something like that and dell oh that'll buff out <laughs> <laughs> And at this point, they have gotten out of the car and they're sitting on the side of the road, whatever, everything bad keeps happening to us. It's fine. The little fire that was in the back seat goes poof. And the whole thing catches on fire, catches on fire, kaput. They're lucky it didn't explode. <laughs> and at this point, we now realize that Neil's wallet is in the glove box on fire and all of his credit cards are also in the glove box on fire. So they get into this burnt up car and drive it to a nearby motel. And again, Neil and Dell are fighting. Really, Neil's pissed at Dell, which again, this time it's very justified, I feel like. But Dell's like, I'm sorry. And essentially, Neil pawns his way into a room because he doesn't have enough cash. But he sells his, gives him his wash as well. In addition to it, Dell doesn't have a nice enough wash nor enough cash to get a room so he's gonna spend the night in the car which is not a car at this point it's say, just that's a loose interpretation of spend the night in the car it is a shell of a car that somehow still runs and neil feels bad and it's come on in dell it's fine and lets him stay the night in the room and luckily this time they have two twin beds so no bed sharing this time and they get a little drunk and, and they're talking having fun and then the next morning Neil and Dell get up to leave and <laughs> they're stuck in snow, right? Because 
I guess it snowed somewhere and they're close to the Chicago blizzard or something. So it must have snowed. And he's trying to push on this shell of a car and tells him to back it up. Dell drives this car straight into the room they were staying in that night. And then Neil just go and he jumps in the car as they fly out of there. Again, you are so lucky credit cards are not required because there's no way they're ever going to find them. They're never going to have to pay yeah. for that. Also, I was trying to mentally tally how much money has Neil lost at this point between two plane tickets, two train tickets, losing the $700 that was stolen from him. You know what I'm saying? I'm like trying to add this shit up. And he's also, a couple thousand in. This man is, a, I guess it is the times, carrying around $700 worth of cash in your wallet as you're traveling, though. Yes. And I will say, yes, it is the times, but it's also hefty. But I think it's also supposed to signify how much money Neil makes. Yeah. I read a book called, oh, what is it called? The Last Lecture. Have you heard of The Last Lecture? No. It's quite literally a lecture. A man, Zion Young, he's got little babies and he decides he wants to leave something for them and he writes them a book. It's like a real thing. He really did die. He really did write this book. He said that he actually had someone help transcribe it for him because he was sick and he was like riding his bike and would tell someone what to put in the book while on the phone with them. But anyways, his whole book, the whole book is just advice. And one of the things he always gives advice for, now keep in mind that this book was written quite a long time ago, but is always to have cash on you at least $300 because he said he would rather lose $300 to being like robbed or burgled or whatever, or just lose it straight out than to need it and not have it. So I think it's just a mentality that people used to have that you have to have cash. Like nowadays, I would never leave my house without my credit cards. It's the same thing as cash. I would People never leave the house without cash. I would never leave the house without my credit card. I also think the fact that this guy in this book said 300 signifies that's a minimum amount to get yourself out of these kind of situations that these people are in right now in our movie. You know what I'm saying? But also yeah. with Neil, he's a top executive at a marketing company. I think he's also supposed to stress how rich he is. And yes, it's inconvenient that he's losing thousands of dollars right now, but it's also, it's a drop in the bucket for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's another reason they did that was because they're trying to show his credit limit is probably massive. And that's why he's so willing to just give Dell these free tickets to everything all the time too. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I thought. But yes, I was also trying to tally how much has he lost at this point? And I'm guessing at least 2000, but potentially more. At least 2000, I think. Yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> Now, once the car is totaled, oh, God, I don't know how much he's lost. <laughs> I don't know, like, how they did insurance and stuff like that. I don't know if they did insurance. And if it did, the deductible, is it 1000 or is it 10000 You know what I'm saying? God yeah. only knows with this car. So, anyways, they're driving down the road having a good old time. And they get pulled over by the cops. And they get told that their car is unroadworthy. To be fair, they truly are menaces to American society at this point. <laughs> Let's just... <laughs> they are. Yes, arguably. Especially after they drove the wrong way on the highway and then wrecked a motel room. Yes, they are. <laughs> but prior to that, they were just... Whatever. But anyways, they get told their car is unroadworthy. I love how the cop walks up and he's all, what are you driving? And he's, sir, it's a car. And he's, you think this is a car? <laughs> well, the radio works, Cor. Yeah, works. yeah, the radio works. And I also thought about those girls. They're like, as long as the AC blows and the radio works, I don't care what else is wrong with it. Have you, did you see those TikToks? <laughs> no, but I could believe it. They get their car impounded. And then they're stuck in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. And they're trying to figure out a way to get home. Dell convinced some guy, a trucker, 
to let them ride with him. Dell comes up to Neil with a black eye. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, in that scene, Dell gets out of the cab of the semi that they're going to ride with and has a black eye. Missed that, darling. But then it's gone the next scene when they're in the back of the trailer. And that's because there was a scene that was cut where Dell gets a black eye from some, like the cab driver. And that's why he makes that line. Oh, he's weird about us riding in the front. Does that make sense? If you rewatch the movie or just go to that scene specifically, you're going to see he has a black eye. Allegedly, he got it from the driver, but we don't get to see that scene because they cut it because that was in the original three-hour movie. But anyways, that's another plot point because what the hell, what was that for? Why did they even leave that in? Or why didn't they refilm that? Blah, blah, blah. They get told they have to ride in the back of the truck, which was, that would be illegal, okay? (laughs) You would not be allowed to do that. But anyways... Oh, you're assuming everything else up to this point has been fair and legal and logically is going to happen <laughs> in the modern world? I think not. Most of it, yeah, actually. <laughs> I do think most of it is logical. So anyways, not legal, but logical, yes. So they ride in the back of the semi and they finally make it to Chicago. And you see them at the train station for the L. And that's when they're officially going to part ways. And Neil gets on the L. And he's laughing about his little adventure with Dell, which, by the way, this is now Thanksgiving Day, morning to noon time, somewhere in there. Yes, but wait, back up just a smidge. When he's when they're on the um, platform to on the train. Mm-hmm. At this point, I was yelling in my notes, "Get on the train, you fool!" Because again, <laughs> given this man's luck so far, he's wants to stand out of this train to cabin. Yes, with him, I'm yes. like, "This train to take off and leave you. You're steps away from being safe. Get on the train." And I but, did notice that he dilly dallied, and I was like, "That's not how that works. Subways don't wait. L the L doesn't wait. Those doors close, and you're in or you're out." So yes, I agree. I thought that too, but it's a movie, and it's whatever. But also. Worst case scenario, the L runs. He could have just gotten on the next one. It just might have taken another 20 minutes. But anyways, right. he gets on the train, on the L, I should say. He gets on the L, and he's driving home. He's riding there. I don't know why I said driving. And we get a little peak montage. Wait, back up. He's back on a train. We're back in our train era. Choo-choo. Continue. <laughs> That's so good. I'm glad you made me back up for that. So we're in our train era. <laughs> he He's having a peak 80s montage. If you ever in doubt of what an 80s montage looks like, it is this. <laughs> it's, and it's in all seriousness, too. It's not even a cutesy or funny. It is the peak 80s music with flashbacks. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So he's having this montage where he's thinking about his little adventures with Dell. And then he starts to think about what Dell has been saying about his wife and the things he's been saying lately about he's been on the road for years now. He hasn't been home for years. His, and he goes back to the station that he left Dell at. And he's really hoping Dell is still there. And he gets lucky as hell that Dell is still there. Because if that had been me, I would have left that station. I don't know where I would have gone. But I would have left the station. You know what I'm saying? Would you have left what? the station or would you have stayed? But also it goes back to the fact, why was Dell going to Chicago to begin with? To help Neil get home. That's it. Uh, but, but, no, he was already on a plane from New York to Chicago originally. Yeah, but it was probably just self-shower curtain rings. It probably wasn't because of anything because he doesn't have family, remember? 
Yes, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, where was he going next? That's what was more of that's the vibe, more of the vibe I got. Not that he was lucky, but like Dell didn't have anywhere else to go. That really highlighted that. I feel personally, if I was Dell, I'm thinking I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anyone to spend time with. I would be thinking, wow, I just had an amazing couple of days with this guy. I really wish it didn't end because he's my new bestie. Because that's how Dell thinks. And then I would be like, I guess I better move on though. Maybe I'll see him later because we keep running into each other. And I would have left. I would have gone wherever I thought I was going. I would have sold some more shower curtain rings so I could actually pay for where I'm staying for the night. Yeah. But anyway, so Neil comes back to the station, luckily finds Dell sitting there and he's Dell. Where are you doing? Why are you still here? Where are you going? And he's like, no, Dell, why are you still here? Where are you going? And this is when Dell says, my wife's dead. She's been dead for years. I'm homeless. I have no family. I have nowhere to go. And Neil's like, all right, come on, come home with me. And it was the most beautiful little moment <laughs> where he takes Dell home and they go up to his house and he gets in and he sees his family, introduces them to Dell as his new friend. And then, but the movie ends. I want to backtrack and tell you all my issues with the little scenes there. But that takes us to the end of the movie. <laughs> okay, but now I'm going to hear the T. Drop the T, girl. They got off of the L, God knows where. They walked down the street with this trunk? Yes! <laughs> like, why did they even take the L? Why didn't they just take a taxi? And then why are they still fucking walking somewhere? How did they get from wherever the L dropped them deep into a neighborhood you know what I'm saying? It's not realistic. But anyways, they just wanted to see them walking up to the house. They get in the house. He says, hey, dad, and shakes his dad's hand. Sir, you would hug your dad. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't know, know. I, I don't know Cora. 50-ish, 40-ish year old man in the 80s with a, with a 60-ish, 70-ish man from the 1910s. I don't know. They probably would have shaken hands. When you put it like that, I actually, I wish it wasn't so late at night because I would call my mother and I'd be like, hey, did grandpa and dad hug or did they shake hands? Because she would be able to give good input, but it's, she's in bed by now, so I can't call her. <laughs> but I, I really wish I could have called her because that would, my dad would be the epitome of someone that would have been like, no, I'm not hugging. He hugged me. I was his kid, but he didn't, I, he would probably not have hugged his dad either. But anyway, well, I take issue. On the topic of emotional responses in this moment. I'm sorry, but when he sees his wife, their little reunion, I'm sorry, but it's not like he was coming back from war. Yeah, I know. Three days. I know. And just like the whole like, okay, it's probably been longer than three days because remember, he's working in New York yes, City. So maybe gone. it was, yes. it could have been upwards of a month that he's been gone, but it also could have been just last weekend. But also she didn't know where he's been. He can only call her on the landline. She has no way to track him like we can today with people on GPS. Yes. And she finds out he's in Wichita with some random man sharing a bed with this random man. For all she knows, she's about to be cheated on. <laughs> Dell and Neil are going to have a little relationship. But yeah, there's that whole scene where like she's on the staircase. Yes, it was so weird to me. And I was like, <laughs> I actually Googled that actress because I was like, is she like a hot actress for the time or something? Is she like, people think she's the most attractive actress ever or something? No, she's not a very well-known actress at all. Like, she's just 
someone and she's actually most famous from this movie and that's why i'm so confused why she's you know what i'm saying why she was like that scene happened because i thought maybe they're trying to stress she's some big person or something like that you know what i'm saying yeah but she's not her name is lila robbins some of the other movies that she's been in is an innocent man island zero oxygen live nude girls and like in all of these she's just not really I don't know. She's not super famous. Apparently, she also was in some Law and Order stuff, Special Victims, and just regular Law and Order, Criminal Intent, that kind of stuff. She did. We, you know, how you can sign up just to do one episode as the victim yeah. or the killer or whatever. She did stuff like that. She's also been in Thirty Rock, Sex in the City, and The Good Wife. But again, these are just one-offs. She's not a big name actress. I'm like, why was she so emphasized on the stairs if she's not someone? You know what I'm saying? Like, I agree. I thought it was very strange. And then the fact that right after that. Dell is looking there's a scene where Dell is looking at her and you you get the implication that Dell is wow she's a knockout and I'm like she's pretty but I'm sorry Lila I'm not very impressed <laughs> I took now granted I took Dell's moment as more as he was more seeing his wife in and her. I thought that for a second I did but then I was like no he thinks she's a knockout that's what it is I'm sorry <laughs> and then happy little ending did you watch all the way through drew to the end credits there's a there's an end credit scene did you i had a feeling there was gonna be one but then my little when i was I, like i said i was watching paramount plus it prompted me to go on so i was like i uh, feel like there should be but if this is telling me to keep going to something else then I'm, i guess there wouldn't be but i had a feeling so you didn't no, watch... i didn't see it what was it do you okay so i'll show you it's not it's just a little tiny like cutesy little thing it's nothing important nothing is said it's not like you really miss anything it's not even a full minute long it's just the boss from the very first start of the movie still looking at the three tabloid cover potentials with with the thanksgiving dinner next to him still trying to decide in the office which one he wants that's it that was the no missed opportunity what they should have done in that was have him examining the three options and then being like I like this one. The shower curtain rings are what make this for me or something like that. So, oh, that, that would have been, been so good. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, that would have been the cute. Oh, Drew, you should work in Hollywood. Oh, my God. That is the cutest idea I think I've ever heard. But anyways, yes. Okay, what did you think of the movie overall? I thought it was good. It gave me, like, Home Alone vibes. And Home Alone is one of my favorite yeah. movies. I mean, it's set for the times. But I thought it was cute. It was good. I would watch it again. Most people actually say it reminds them of Home Alone because the house, Neil's house. I, no, I wrote it down at the beginning. I was like, is that Home Alone house? It's but no, not. it's not. Yeah. No. After we saw it again at the end, I was like, no, it's not. But when my first glimpse of it, I was like, huh, that looks familiar. There is another ending, an alternate ending. Oh. But it was never filmed. It was just written. But they didn't actually do it. It was written where Dell follows Neil all the way to his house. Does he look in from the outside? No, I don't know exactly what happens. I just know that it, it shows Dell getting all the way basically to the front door with Neil before they have the scene of my wife's dead. But they decided not to do it because they thought it might Dell might look like a stalker or something. So that's yeah, why they didn't say, do it. It changes the light of Dell a little bit, but I can see that being like him like he gets all the way there, he like goes to the door. Like he's gonna I don't know, he's gonna give like I can see <laughs> 
here I am writing a whole movie now. I can see him like <laughs> following Neil back, but like, going there like to not gonna knock on the door to give him back like money or something, and then seeing him with his family, and then just leaving it like on the porch with a note or something, and like walking pulling his little trunk away all silently, and then Neil comes to the door and he's Dell, come on in, and he comes back. In. Yeah, I can see that. That would be cute. That would be very cute. I yeah, I don't know. So another fun fact for you, which is hard to imagine. Because you've now watched it with John Candy and um, Steve Martin, right? Mm. You know who Tom Hanks is, right? Yes. They wanted to originally cast Tom Hanks as Neil. I think he would have been good, actually. I really yeah, do think that would have been good. But then they also wanted to they wanted to cast John Travolta as Dell. Mm, I don't see it. I don't either. And I think Steve Martin and John Candy were the perfect set together. I think Tom Hanks could have done well with John Candy, but I think it was better that it was Steve Martin. But Tom Hanks would have been a very good Neil. I think that would have been it. But the yeah. only reason he didn't do it was because he was busy filming another movie called Big. Have you seen Big? No. You would like Big a lot. We need to watch that at some point. But he was busy filming Big, so he couldn't take it. There was a couple other actors that were considered before they got John Candy and Steve Martin, but the number ones they wanted were John Travolta and Tom Hanks, which I think is very interesting. Other than that, most of the Easter eggs or little things in this movie are just things like the Kevin Bacon stuff that I brought up, how people thought that was the Home Alone house, the lady in the back with the shower curtain ring, things like that. It's real cutesy kind of stuff. So there's a whole website dedicated to Easter eggs of movies and it's called the easter egg archive and so if you start looking around in there you're going to find a lot from this movie so that's another website you can look into there's also websites and articles that are written specifically just about breaking this movie apart and finding mm. all the flaws in it and then there's a website called moviemistakes.com where anybody can write what's wrong with movies and they they go hard this movie alone the one we just watched planes trains and automobiles has all of these comments it goes on for forever the things they did wrong and it's minor things and it's big things it's ranging from the fact that they landed in wichita like you pointed out that doesn't make sense to a scene cut was wrong let's see if i can find what i found before and i was like wow that's so specific when John Candy is singing the mess around in the car where he's talking about where he was distracted driving with a cigarette, the car swerves and a hubcap from the passenger side rolls off. The hubcap is back on it in the next scene. They wrote that stuff on here. Near the end of the film where Neil was on the train to go home, we see the train pull away from the station. When Neil returns to find Dell at the station, the footage of the train leaving is played backwards. You can briefly see a man walking backwards at the top left of the screen. Okay. Just things like that <laughs> yeah. are on here. And you might be like, wow, this movie made a lot of mistakes. Like, why is it so sloppy? Because they overfilmed so much with all the ad libs and all the mm -hmm. other things. They had to cut corners because they were taking way too long. And yeah. they even, Steve Martin and John Candy even talked about how, you know, the scene where they, right before they get pulled over by the cop, where they're driving in the car and they're out exposed to the elements and it's cold. They really did film this stuff in the cold in northern america northern hemisphere of northern america i should say those upper states and we're just ad-libbing all day long they talked about how that was one of the worst scenes to film because of how cold and miserable and uncomfortable it was just being in that car trying to drive it yeah i can see that and a lot of the movie you and i didn't really tell because i feel like with a comedy you don't want to just tell every joke there is to tell 
Um, we highlighted a couple, but I really encourage everyone to go watch it because there's a lot of jokes we didn't tell. There's a lot of things we didn't talk about. We just highlighted some of the funniest, but I really think that this is a classic. I think that arguably it's considered a classic now just because it's from 1987 and it's 2023, which I hate in and of itself because it makes me feel old. But anyway, <laughs> um, you I think speak it's a as if you were alive back in 1987. No, I wasn't. But you grew up watching this. And my perspective, I think I've told you this before. I feel like it's still 2005. Like, I'm... Every time I think about something, oh, what year is it? I In my mind, it's 2005. It's not 2023. I'm stuck in 2005. When for someone to be like, oh, that's historical. And it's from 1987. I'm like, what? That's not even 20 years ago. And it's been 40 years ago. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like... I don't know. It, in and of itself, it's a classic now because it's almost 40 years old. And also, it's a classic because it's a very good movie. And it's one of the few about actually Thanksgiving when mm. it's good. And it commemorates one of the best actors who unfortunately has passed on, John Candy. Did you like John Candy as an actor? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'd never seen him before in anything else. Nor... Yeah. Yeah, so, but I didn't have any other, I didn't know who he was going into it, but I liked him in this. He's got a lot of other movies that are really, at least for me, famous that I know of that you would like. One of my favorites is actually a rom-com. He was only in one, to my knowledge, and I think it was very well done because it has a serious element. And one of the things, John Candy's a bigger guy, as we talked about. One of the things in that movie is that she's like a conventionally attractive, thin woman. And he's a bigger guy. And it's, oh, how could you possibly, you know what I'm saying, pull her? Yeah. But I love that movie. Let's see what it's called. Wrong home. Only the Lonely. It's called Only the Lonely. It's a good movie. Also, I'm pretty sure John Candy is in Home Alone. I think so. Yeah, he is. He's the guy that helps them when they're in the airport. Oh. Yeah, that's like big, yeah. Just like plane trains and automobiles. <laughs> and that's your Friday night rewind. No, we can do better <laughs> than that. All right, you take us there. You get us there, Drew. Go ahead. That's what I thought. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. If you would please look out your window to your left, you will see Corey shopping for some lovely shower curtain rings. But <laughs> as you please disembark, listen for the train choo -choo, as we take a trip down to our next Friday night rewind. <laughs>